Amen. Well, I've entitled this message, The Need to Change. The Need to Change. When I was a kid, you know, I used to love um, cowboy filled westerns, you know, and to me, the greatest cowboy was a Lone Ranger. You know, Lone Ranger was the man, you know, in my, in my day. You get a, a, an action figure with a lone ra- the Lone Ranger on it. But he passed by and the next guy that came up was John Wayne. And I love John Wayne, you know. Get off your horse and drink your milk. Young people don't know what we're talking about. That's John Wayne. I love John Wayne back in the day. But then he passed. He wasn't that great anymore. After he passed, Yul Brenner turned up as a cowboy. I mean, he had no hair, he was bald, but he was still a great cowboy. You know, the Magnificent Seven, the return of the Magnificent Seven, Magnificent Seven rides again, they're coming back, the Magnificent Seven, you know, there was all these films that we might buy, and Yul Brenner was great. But then the coolest cowboy came on the scene, had to be Clint Eastwood. I mean, he was so cool for school, wasn't he? He was so cool, he could shoot people without even looking. You know, and he was the greatest cowboy for me as I was going through my, my young days. But you know, things haven't changed because in our society we still look out for the greatest, don't we? You know, the X Factor and the, the voice and Britain's Got Talent, you know, all looking out for those who are the greatest performers. That's in our society. You know, things haven't changed even in the Bible's days. Because you go back to the Bible and you still find men arguing who is the greatest. And so we have this debate going on with the disciples. Twelve men walking down the road. Jesus might be somewhere in front of them. They're walking down the road and they begin to argue with one another. They begin to debate with one another. Who is the greatest? And you've got maybe Peter saying, ah, you know, no, I, I think I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a good guy. I must be way up there. And you've got James, or you've got Thomas, or you've got the other guy saying, no, no, I'm the greatest. Because, you know, they thought that Jesus was going to have his kingdom on earth. And they thought to themselves that, you know, Jesus was going to choose his cabinet. Like, David Cameron had his cabinet. Now, Jesus is going to choose his. He's going to have his one guy on his right and one guy on his left. He's going to have a secretary of state. He's going to have a secretary of war. He's going to have all these guys being promoted in great positions. And they all thought to themselves, I'm going to be the greatest. Well, Jesus had to pull them up short. And we read... This verse, um, and my first title, of course, is Prideful Thinking. And they, they had this prideful thinking about being the grave. So Jesus had to pull them short. So Jesus turned around and he said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus stops these men. Here they are. They, they, you know, they turn around and say, no, no, I'm, I'm the great. I'm going to be the, the top man. I'm going to be on Jesus' left. And I'm going to be on Jesus' right. And, and they're debating all this stuff. And Jesus stops them and says to them, listen, wait just one minute. Do you know your attitude 
Your attitudes, it stinks. The way you think stinks. Your conduct and your action, all of it is wrong. All of it stinks. Jesus says, unless you change. Let me just stop right there for a moment. I just love that word. He says, unless you change. People don't really like changes. Some people get very annoyed at changes. But Jesus is not talking about changes around people. He's not talking about changes around you. He's talking about changes in you. And so Jesus said, turn around and says to these men, you know, you need to change. These men thought, they thought that by being with Jesus, by being around Jesus, by being close to Jesus, that they will be in his kingdom. But Jesus turns around and says, no way. Unless you change. You know what? You're not even going to enter the kingdom. The Bible calls that word change. It calls it repentance. And here we have it. We find it over in um, Acts 20. I declare to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus. Repentance is that word that Jesus is using right here. Unless you change, unless you are turned around, unless your attitudes and your actions are different, guess what? You're not even going to enter the kingdom of God. I suppose Jesus would ask a question of you. If he had to sit down with you and speak with you, he would ask you, how have you changed? Is there a marked difference? You claim to be in church. You claim you are in church. You claim to be a Christian. But is there a marked difference in you? Is there a difference in the way you dress? Is there a, way, is there a difference in the way you speak? Is there a difference in how you think? Is there a difference in how you use your money and how you spend your money? Is there a difference? Last week, I was speaking about greedy. And I was saying that the kingdom of God says, the Bible says, that not even the greedy will enter the kingdom of God. People are greedy today and hold tight to their possessions. And Jesus will say, if you're truly saved, has your attitude to money changed? Has the way... You spend your time. Has that changed? Is there a marked difference in how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you dress, how you think, how you speak? If you claim to be a Christian, is there a change? Jesus will say. Because he looked at these 12 men and they had the same attitude as the world. They wanted status. They wanted superiority. They wanted a position. 
exactly the same as the world. And Jesus said, listen, you guys, you need to change because you're not getting in. And this was a very big, heavy topic on Jesus' heart. Very serious on Jesus' heart. So much so that he spoke a number of times on this very same issue. He told a parable of ten virgins. Five were wise. Five were foolish. All ten of them wanted to meet the bridegroom. All ten of them had the lamps burning, wanting to see him. All ten of them wanted to be in the celebration with the bridegroom, all ten of them. And suddenly, a shout rang out at night. The bridegroom is coming! The bridegroom is coming! Five of them got up. They were ready. They went in with the bridegroom. The other five, even though they were with the, the other, even though they were with the others, the other five were not ready. And we read these verses over in um, Matthew 25. Later the others also came. The other five came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Parable. Jesus is saying this parable. He's saying, listen, you can look like a Christian. You can even carry all the, the markings of a Christian, like these virgins. They all look the same. They all were virgins. They all had lamps. They all looked the same. They all wanted to go into the bridegroom. Every single one of them looked the same. But only five were ready. The other five wasn't. That's so serious. And Jesus didn't leave it there. He didn't stop there because he realized that this issue is a huge issue in the church today. A situation where you have some who are ready and some who are not ready. But all together, they all look the same. And so Jesus turns around and he says something else over in Luke. Look what he says over in Luke chapter 13. Someone asked him in the crowd, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will say, I don't know you or where you come from. Here we have a situation, Jesus said, that you need to make every effort to enter through. That means don't take a casual approach to your faith. Don't take a casual approach to your Bible reading and to prayer and to church. Don't take a casual approach. No, Jesus said to make every effort to enter in. Well, why? Because there'll be some standing outside the door, you know. Just outside the door. They looked like they were part of the team. They looked like they were ready to go in. 
just outside the door. They were ready to, to walk in, but the owner of the house got up and he shut the door. And when he shut the door, those who were outside couldn't get in. It's amazing, you know, I, I remember working as a security guard over in McDonald's or Burger King or one of these fast food chains. It's amazing. Come 11 o'clock. I used to love 11 o'clock, you know. I used to love locking the doors. You know, because you get these guys coming from the pub around the corner, you know, and they, you know, finally after a few beers, you know, they're starving, hungry, and they come to McDonald's five past 11, I lock the doors. And they're banging on the window. It's not 11 o'clock yet. It's not 11 o'clock yet. They're outside. It's amazing how you turn up. And Jesus is saying, you can be in church and still be outside. Look at the next verse. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. You will say, you, we ate with you, we drank with you, we you know, we was there with you. It's like we was in the church and we, we had communion and we had the wine and we had the bread and somebody opened up the Bible and preached the word. You was taught in the church, Lord. We was there. And Jesus turns around and says, do you know what? I don't know you. I don't know you. And so it was with these 12 men. These 12 men were hanging around Jesus. They were called by Jesus. They were with Jesus. And yet, they had an attitude that was wrong. They had a, 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 a thinking and a, and a philosophy that was the same as the world. They were seeking grandeur and greatness and position and power. And Jesus said, stop. Just stop. Unless you change. You're not coming into the kingdom of God. And I believe that Jesus will say the same thing. You know, some people may not realize that they've changed. I've got one man in the church here today. He said to me a few weeks ago, you know, I don't know if I've changed or not, he said to me, but other people have said to me, you're different. You're different. You know, I don't know why they say that for I've been coming to the church, I've been praying, I've been, and they have been saying to me, you're different. And that is a real testimony of a changed life. You're not going to go around saying I'm different. No, other people will look at you and say, do you know what, you used to be so bad-tempered, so foul-mouthed, you used to be so, so self-centered, but, but there's a change in you. I can't understand why. It's a change. And I praise God I can look around at some people's lives, even in this church, and I can say, thank God I know that man. And he's changed by the power of God. And Jesus says, that is what he's looking for. He's looking for changed men and women. These 12 men had to be stopped by Christ. But what does change look like? So, by the second part, humble living. What does change look like? Well, Jesus turns around, look what he does. 
So they're arguing and they're asking about who's the greatest. So Jesus does this. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Jesus does an illustration. He loves pictures, Jesus. loves doing illustrations. And so he calls a little child. And I can just imagine this little child coming in and these 12 big, strapping, six-foot men standing around him. And they're all there and this little child is looking around, wide-eyed and maybe a little bit intimidated. And there he is, standing there. And Jesus said, I come little. And the Bible says he took the little child in his arms. And he says, you've got to become like this child. There's many things I can draw from, many lessons I can draw from. But I think the main thing that Jesus was saying is that a child, a little child, you know, is completely dependent upon its parents. Completely dependent. There's nowhere, there's nowhere this child will go without its parents going. There's nothing this child will do that the parents wouldn't be watching over. There's nothing this child will speak unless what it hears from the parents speaking. Everything this child has to sustain him, everything this child has to keep him healthy, he gets from his parents. So you just saw Joanna taking her little baby Sarah out into the creche room and she's breastfeeding and she's feeding that baby. Everything that little child has has to come from the parents. I'm just doing a Jesus thing here, just bringing a little child into the sermon here. You know, everything, so important. And you know what? If you don't look after a child, there was a, a woman that I recently heard about locally had a little child and a three or four year old and she left the little baby only 18 months or so left the little baby and the child alone in the house went out down the road to have a pint of beer and a couple of cigarettes meantime while she was out there the police turned up because a neighbour found the little baby in the middle of the road and the little girl sitting in the middle of the road with the baby. Baby was soaked through, the nappies were dirty. Just happened last year or so. And the social services have to take both child, both children, into care. That's what happens. Why? Because a child needs, is dependent, 100% dependent upon the parent's care. We all know that. Now Jesus turns around and he says, now listen to me, you 12 big brothy guys. Listen to me. You need to change. And you need to become like that child. You need to become completely dependent upon me. That's what you're going to do. In fact, Jesus turns around, look what he says over in, in Matthew it's like in John's gospel, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Look at his last phrase. Apart from me, 
apart from me. You step away from me. You detach yourself from me. You, you withdraw yourself from me. Guess what? You can do nothing. That's how important I am to you. You need to be able to look to me and realize that all your strength, all your power, all your faith, all your mercy and grace comes from me and I will keep you. I will provide for you. I will sustain you. I will uphold you. I will guide you. I will lead you. Everything you need for this life, I have. Says Jesus. In fact, he says over in Philippians, Paul writes, he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can be content in every situation. Why? How? Because Christ Gives me the strength. That's all wonderful. And Jesus is telling the young church, the 12 disciples, that's how important I am. Remain in me and you will bear fruit. If you don't remain in me, you will wither and fall away. You need, I need to be the one that you depend upon. And I believe God will say the same thing to this church. Who are you depending on? And we've got lots of people to choose from, haven't we? If we're young, we've got parents to choose from. As we get older, we think to ourselves, well, you know what? You know, I've got a steady job. You know, my, my manager will never, will never get rid of me. I'm so important to him. I've got a great job. I, you know, I make sure I, I depend on my, upon my manager. Some of us look at our bank balances and say, you know what? Nothing's going to happen to my investments. Nothing's going to happen to my bank balance. I'm, I'm quite comfortable. They don't realize that there's such things as Black Mondays and Black Fridays and Black Wednesdays that wipe people's finances completely off the stock market. Don't realize. But some people look at other things and say, I'm depending on that. I'm depending on that. I'm depending on this person. I'm depending on that person. And they raise all, all their dependence on men. But Jesus says, you know what? Raise your eyes up a little bit higher. And depend upon me. I mean, I love my children. We've got three children. You know, I cannot be everywhere where they are. I would love to be sometimes. But I can't be everywhere where our children are. But I entrust them. To one I can depend on. I trust him to the living God. Let me finish my message by sharing with you a very horrific story that appeared in the news last week. It happened in the US. A wealthy man, his wife, his 10-year-old son and a housekeeper in a part of America... A man came into their house and held them hostage. Some of you might have heard this in the news. If you read the news, you might have heard it yourself. He goes into their house and he holds them hostage. The whole family. The father, the mother, the little boy and the housekeeper. Held them all hostage. And he asks for ransom. Gets a bit of money. But eventually... He kills all of them. He kills the mother, father, 10-year-old boy, and the housemaid. 
Okay. <laughs> Fortunately for the family, there was two children, two little girls in boarding school. These two girls in boarding school, they was not at the house at the time. In one day, those two little girls became orphans. In one, one day, became orphans, lost their parents. The news report says that these two girls now were completely broken, devastated, completely alone. Just like that. They left home to go to boarding school. Mum and dad was right there. Then all of a sudden they were gone. They were orphans. What a terrible situation to be in as a child. To be left without the love and the care of a parent. Jesus says something to his disciples. Before he leaves, he says something to his disciples. He says this. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus turned around and said, you see that situation with those children in America? They are orphans. They've got no one. It's a sad situation. But Jesus says to his church, listen, I have a spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. Here he is known as the spirit of truth. And he's able to come alongside you. In fact, the Bible says he's able to fill you. And to give you such a understanding that God is with you. God is your father. God will continue to, to watch over you. I like what it says in Romans 8. The Holy Spirit helps us to cry out in prayer, Abba, Father. So you know that you belong to God himself. The reason why I mention that is because your dependence can so easily be averted to something else. No, no. Your dependent needs to be focused upon Christ because the spirit of the living God is available to you. How are you going to change? You can change because the spirit of God is able to change you. You can't change in your own strength. You can't just turn over a new leaf and say, that's why I'm going to live a bit differently. That would never work. No, you need the spirit of God to dwell within you. You ask me, Pastor, how can I get the Spirit of God? How can I get the Holy Spirit to live within me? My dear friends, cry out in prayer. Cry out in prayer. Oh, God. Oh, God, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh. I don't want to be one of those men, one of those women who are just outside the door. I don't want to be one of these men, one of these women, that when the door is shut, I'm knocking on the door, wondering why I'm on the outside and not on the inside. I don't want to be one of these people on the outside. Lord, I want to be changed. How can I be changed? Oh, fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Change me. Do a work. Change my thinking. Change my speaking. Change my attitude. Lord, humble me that I might be a man, a woman. Who, when people look at me, realize there's a difference. They see a difference. I'm currently working with a young man, and he tells around he's, just, he's, he's a singer, he likes music, 
And he turned around and he said to me, you know what, I've become a Christian now. I've been writing songs, he said. I've been writing loads of songs. But since I've become a Christian, I've been changing my lyrics. I used to swear in my songs. Use foul language. But since I've become a Christian, I've changed my lyrics. Cleaned my whole act up. Why? Because I want to be a changed man by the Spirit of God. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for you to be different. We're living in a world where everybody's the same. Everybody's going down one road. That road is completely and totally a road which says what is right for you is right for you. Don't let no one judge you. Don't let no one criticize you. Just do what you want to do. Go with your heart. Go with your feeling. Go with the flow. Don't worry about rules and regulations. Don't worry about moral standards. Don't worry about that. Just go with the flow. And the whole world is going with the flow. But Jesus is looking for this men and women where you can say, Unless you change. Unless you become dependent upon me. Then you're not coming in. To the kingdom of God. May I encourage you this morning. To pray seek God. To be a changed woman. To be a changed man. In the power. Of the spirit. Of truth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you're able to do a mighty work in us. Lord, we cannot do a work in ourselves, by ourselves. Many of us have tried, Lord. Many a new year resolution has been started with good intention. We said that we're going to change. We said we're going to put down this. Stop doing that. But Lord, within a few days we find that it's no good. We're back to square one. Father, I pray, I, I pray that you might help this church, those who are here this morning, to implement real change by asking your spirit to come in. By asking the Holy Spirit of truth to take a hold of our hearts to transform us and to change us into the men and into the women that you want us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand, shall we? We just close in, in worship to God. Thank you for the cross, James. Thank you for the cross. Let's just stand and sing this together. Yeah.
you for this life, Lord. Thank you for the nail pierced
to us through your word, Lord. Thank you for caring so much about us. That you do not want us to be outside the door, Lord. You don't want us to be a people, Father, ignorant of what needs to be done in our hearts and lives. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Pray, God, that many, many here today will make that effort, Lord, to enter through that narrow door. Many, Lord, today, oh God, will put down certain things that they know that displeases you. Many, oh God, will please you in every way of their lives, we pray. God, do a work in us for the glory of your Son, the Lord Jesus. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.